And I don't know about you guys, but every now and then, I just need a big shh from God. Kim and I have been in a season this summer where we have just been moving. You know, we've had a big summer, a lot going on, uh, especially with mom's death and all that surrounds that and, and follows that. And, you know, every now and then, especially uh, this past week as we were planning to move into this new series, well, I just needed to hear that from God. I just needed to stop and just be still and know that He's God. Psalm 46 is really just a big shh from God to the people of Israel. He says, I'll be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. Be still. Be still. And just know that I'm God. Where's your faith this morning? Where's your faith today? Are you moving forward? Are you standing still? Or are you falling back? You know, life has a way, especially today, of crowding our faith out, of pulling our gaze toward earthly things. And so today, as we begin our fall series, it's a series called Faith Forward, Picking Up the Pace in Your Pursuit of Christ. We're going to be talking about that. We're going to talk about moving our faith forward and what it takes to do that. Ironically, to pick up the pace in our faith, one of the most important things that we can do is stop. Is to just be still before the Lord. And we don't do that often enough today. To step out of the noise and once again fix our eyes on Him. You know, when we look at the life of Jesus, it's fascinating. When you thumb through the Gospels and you you see Christ on this earth living His life in the flesh, incarnate, pay attention to the pattern of His life. Pay attention to the rhythm of His life. And when we look at Jesus' life, we see this rhythm of moving from the crowd and the clamor to solitude and silence. Consistently, that was the ebb and the flow of his life. He would be swamped with people, everybody wanting a piece of him, all around him, just the clamor of the, the crowd, the folks who were coming after him, the persecution, and then you would immediately see him on the heels of that retreat to a quiet place. That was Jesus' pattern of life. Even Jesus needed time to refresh and renew, to be still and reconnect to his father. Seventeen years ago, uh, shortly after my father passed away, uh, suddenly uh, I was pastoring in, in in another church and uh, it was just impactful, obviously, losing your father and uh, 
during that time, I, I decided I needed a sabbatical. And so I took four weeks off. Um, thankfully, the church allowed me to do that. And I just took four weeks uh, off, four weeks away. And I unplugged entirely for an entire month and intentionally just to listen, just to be still and to hear from God and be refreshed and renewed. It's interesting, the first full week of that sabbatical, I think I went three or four different places during that time. I had, we had planned it out and uh, Kim, you know, bless her heart, you know, hung out with the kids and took care of things at the house. And, um, and so the first place that I went was to this very, very remote, small cabin in the mountains of North Carolina. Um, it did have electricity. That's about it. No phone, no phone service, uh, no TV, no radio, nothing like that. And so I came out of just the busyness of North Fulton and ministry in North Fulton and a church that was growing and just, you know, was, was just wearing me out and went away and just kind of hit this wall of silence, if you will, in this cabin. It's just me and God. And the first 48 hours of that escape, <laughs> I'm going to tell you, it was absolutely excruciating. No noise. No remote control. No phone. No news. No radio. No kids. No nothing. But the whispering of the wind. And the leaves. And man, it was deafening. It was difficult. How many of you have ever been away like that? After, you know, you've just been living your life and rushing around. And then you're alone. And it's quiet. And you don't know what to do. And that's where, that's where I found myself. I was literally lost in the silence. And I thought my thoughts would never slow down. It was like I had been on a merry-go-round for the longest time and I had gotten off the merry-go-round, but I still felt like I was spinning. Couldn't stop. 48 hours of that. It was tough. Two days of fighting the noise in my own head. And then a peace swept over me in that time. A peace that I had not felt in years and a peace that enabled me to hear God's voice more clearly through His Word. The entire time I was there, I just, I just had the Scripture with me. I had my journal with me. And just, just me and God. And once the noise left, I began to gain clarity about where I was, who I was, what God had in store for me. And it was in that place... 17 years ago that God began to drip the vision for this church into my heart. Without that, without that time, without that solitude, without that silence, I don't know if any of us would be here today, at least not in this place. It was there that God even began to drip the name of this church into my spirit. I want to talk about solitude today. If you're going to pick up the pace in your pursuit of Christ, if I'm going to pick up my pace in my pursuit of Christ, 
That's where we need to begin. We need to begin in the quiet place. Solitude is the place where your faith is renewed. It's the place where God gives you the vision for the journey ahead. Be still. Be still. And know that I'm God. How many of you need a little bit of that today? How many of you know you don't just drift into it? Not in this culture. It has to be an intentional movement toward quiet. Let me ask you something. How much time do you spend alone with God? It's two different things. How much time do you spend alone with God? Time specifically set aside to be still and know that he's God. A friend sent me a quote this week that uh, I think popped up on one of his daily calendars. You know, those little things you put in your bathroom that kind of turn every day of the week, the little calendar thing. Um, and if I'm not mistaken, this is from Mr. Rogers' daily calendar. Okay? Um, if you want to be a good neighbor, this is what you buy. Um, but loved this quote said, the most comprehensive formula for human culture which I know was given by an old peasant who on his deathbed obtained from his son this one promise to sit every day for half an hour alone in the best room. That is sage advice right there. What's your best room? And if you want to move forward in your faith, meet God there every day. If not for half an hour, man, begin with five minutes, ten minutes, fifteen minutes. Meet God in that room every day. Solitude and silence bring strength and focus to our lives. Now, I know some of you are thinking, Phil, I just don't have time for that. I mean, you don't know my schedule you don't know what my day looks like. I don't even have time to eat breakfast. It's interesting as we turn to the Gospel of Mark. I want you to listen to these words of Mark as he is speaking of, again, this rhythm and this pattern of Jesus and the disciples. Mark says in Mark 6, verse 31, he says, because so many people were coming and going, everybody wanted a piece of the disciples. This is one of the, the, the apex moments of Jesus' ministry and where the disciples were really moving and getting on board and ministering themselves. He says, because so many people were coming and going that they didn't even have a chance to eat. That's the disciples. Jesus said to them, come with me by yourselves to a quiet place. And get some rest. And if you remember this passage, this is just before the feeding of the 5,000. Jesus leads them into the boat. They jump in a boat by themselves with Jesus, their best room that day. And they take a short trip across the lake. And in that short trip, they refueled. And then they hit the ground running on the other side. And they fed the 5,000. 
Jesus multiplied everything that day. He multiplied the bread. He multiplied the fish. He multiplied the disciples' capacity to get the job done. And he does the same thing for us when we prioritize that still time with him. As we begin this journey together in September of moving our faith forward, I want to talk about time alone today. Time alone with the Lord and what we find there. Solitude. First and foremost, solitude is the place of reflection. It's the place of reflection. We don't really live in an age of reflection today. We live in an age of information. We live in an age of information overload where we don't have time to reflect on anything before we have to move to the next thing. But Jeremiah in Lamentations 3 says this. He said, The Lord is good to those whose hope is in Him. To the one who seeks Him, it is good to wait quietly for the salvation of the Lord. Let him sit alone in silence. For some of you, like me, on sabbatical, man, that is a challenge. And, and let me tell you, coming off of sabbatical, that, that didn't stick. Okay? I mean, I'm a doer. I'm a goer. I'm a get up and, you know, move and make it happen. It's hard for me just to rest and sit. And so this has always been a challenge for me. Life moves at such a pace today that it's easy to just hydroplane through it. To seldom pause, to seldom reflect on why we're here. And what God is calling us to do. But more importantly, to be. The Aborigines of Australia have an ancient practice when they travel, when they move nomadically, they travel for three days and then they stop completely for one full day. And then they travel for three more days and then they stop completely for another day. And when asked why they do this, they simply responded, it gives our spirits time to catch up with our bodies. Man, we need that today. I fear today that godly reflection is being replaced with screen addiction. Struggle with it myself. You know, as you look around today, as you go out, you're in restaurants, you're at ball games, you're anywhere in the public, nobody looks up anymore. Think about that. I think it's a metaphor. Nobody's looking up anymore. Everybody's looking down. Solitude is the place of reflection. Sitting alone in your best room, hoping, seeking, waiting quietly for God, has a way of putting us back together, a way of replenishing our souls. 
Augustine put it this way. He said, people travel to wonder at the height of the mountains, at the huge waves of the sea, at the long course of the rivers, at the vast compass of the ocean, at the circular motion of the stars, and yet they pass by themselves without even wondering. Solitude is the place of wonder. It's the place of dreams. It's the place of reflection. But it's also the place of direction. It's where we pick up the path. Again, Mark in chapter 4, verse 34, tells us this. He said, when... Jesus was alone with his own disciples, again, pulling the twelve aside, just he and them. (laughs) He explained everything. You remember that? As you read through the Gospels, Jesus will share these parables. You know, that it, this, this, this heavenly story with an earthly meaning that he, he throws alongside, you know, someone like a farmer or, uh, you know, something familiar that everybody knew. And, and he, he tells these stories and everybody's kind of scratching their head going, what does that mean? And then Jesus comes out of the crowd with his disciples and he explains to them the meaning of the parable. But he only did that when he was alone with them. He didn't do it in a crowd. And when we pull away with him, he gives us insight into his teaching. He gives us insight into the future. Insight into ourselves. Insight into our relationships. Insight into the way that he would have us to lead our lives. Man, it's in the quiet place that he leads us one step at a time. One step at a time. Never revealing the entire path. Always leaving space for faith. He takes us from motion without meaning to purpose and passion in our lives. Where do you need direction this morning? Where are you wondering which way to go and turn off the noise intentionally tune into his voice and let him lead you into the plans that he has for you solitude is the place of reflection it's the place of direction but it's also the place of patience patience it's where we learn to wait well, Psalm 62, 5, if you were here last Sunday, we sort of centered our entire service around this Psalm of David. This is a little bit of a different uh, version of it. But David says here, he says, For God alone, O my soul, wait in silence, for my hope is from Him. Solitude is the place of patience. What are you waiting for today? What are you waiting for? Few of us wait well anymore. We live in the era of Amazon Prime. But you know, some things just can't be delivered the same day, can they? Life doesn't work that way. 
Relationships don't heal overnight. Children don't grow up in a day. Jobs don't always get better. And pain doesn't go away in a hurry. That's why throughout the scripture, patience is prized. Same day delivery is far more the exception, honestly, than the rule in God's economy. That's why so many people have difficulty with faith today. What are you having trouble waiting for right now? Do what David did here in the crucible of the wait while he was being pursued by Absalom. Man, just be still. Wait in silence. And know that he's God. Patience and perseverance grow in the soil of solitude. We're strengthened in that place. Psalm 37. Be still before the Lord. And wait patiently for Him. Don't fret when other people succeed in their ways. When they carry out their wicked schemes. Be still before the Lord. And wait patiently. We just sang about it. You're a child of God. You are His. He has a plan and a purpose for your life. Wait patiently for it. Solitude is the place, not just of patience, but of perspective. Perspective. Man, as the world around us seems to move further and further from God, as those who serve God are more and more marginalized, it can feel like we're on a sinking ship. And faith is anything but the answer. But it's in the quiet place. It's in your best room that Jesus reminds you that this world is not your home, that you were made for far more, that those light and momentary troubles are achieving for you an eternal glory that far outweighs them all. Reflection, direction, patience, perspective. That's what solitude brings to our lives. That's what we gain when we intentionally take the time to be still. To stop. To get off the merry-go-round. Long enough to let the noise make its way through our mind. And to surrender ourselves to Him. I've got one challenge for you this week. As we begin this journey forward in faith... I want to challenge you to sit every day alone for half an hour in your best room and invite the Lord to join you there. Do that and see what He does. Let's bow our heads. Father, even in this place, we often feel like we have to get rid of the dead air. 
that there's something wrong with silence. Even church can be so programmed anymore that, Lord, it's hard to hear your voice. Let that not be us. Father, I pray today that you would speak to your servants. That we would pause, that we would be still long enough to fix our eyes on you and to hear your still small voice. Lord, and as we move forward in our faith this week, I pray that we would first stop. Surrender our schedules, surrender our lives, surrender ourselves fully to you, Lord Jesus. And Lord, some here today may need to do that for the very first time. Some who've never experienced the peace that only a life surrendered to Christ can bring. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you for the living word, your son. We thank you for salvation, for forgiveness, for restoration, for renewal, for life full and free. Lord, help us not lose perspective. Help us not take for granted what Jesus has accomplished for us on the cross. Help us to be a people who pull away in the stillness and the silence to say, thank you, Lord. Thank you for all that you've given to me. Father, help us to be a people who come away from that time in the busyness of our lives. Still with a settled peace of Jesus in our spirit. Because you've given us the capacity for what you've called us to do on this earth. We can do all things through him who gives us strength. Father, I pray this week, once again, that we would make it a priority to be still, to be quiet, and to spend time with you alone. In Jesus' name, amen.